if you're using a plant-based protein like that, they have to concentrate the peas a lot because there's not much protein in peas. So to get a decent amount of protein, you need a lot of peas. Well, if you're concentrating the protein, you're also concentrating the arsenic and the cadmium and the other things that might be in there. So you really got to look out for that. You know, if you're using a plant-based protein powder, I would say make sure it's one that is certified arsenic-free, cadmium-free, all that kind of stuff. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Huntsman, and this is Take Back Your Health. So last week we talked uh, about detox and why it's important and, and strategies you can use to improve your detoxification system. So if you didn't catch that episode, make sure to go back and listen to it. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Today I want to talk more about toxins in particular, you know, what specific toxins we should be most concerned about. Because the reality is we're, we're all getting exposed to toxins every day. And we can't avoid them 100%. There's no possibility at this point. Every single part of our planet is contaminated by these things. Our food supply, our water supply, the products we use in our homes every day. So I wanted to make a list of just like the ones that I think are the the most important to really be aware of and to look out for, reduce your exposure as much as possible. So let's get into it. The first one I want to talk about is glyphosate. Now, glyphosate is also known as Roundup. So yeah, the Roundup that you see at the stores, that you spray on your weeds at your home, it's been around for about 50 years. Um, It's got a bit of an interesting history. It was discovered separately twice, once in uh, North America, once in Africa. Uh, When they first found it in Africa, they they actually found that it was what we call a chelator. It, It would bind up magnesium, in particular in the soil. And then that research kind of stopped and and then it was discovered later and then, you know, became what it is today. So it, it's used, obviously, to kill weeds. Um, it's a herbicide that, that works very well at that. It, it is good at killing these plants. But it also, you know, if they spray it on crops, it'll also kill the crops. So that's where the genetic modification comes into play. So these GMO crops, they GMO them oftentimes to make it so that they are not killed by glyphosate so that they can spray it on these crops without worrying about killing them um, and just get the plants that they're targeting. So the biggest sources of it are soy, corn, wheat, and oats. If you're eating non-organic from those grains and, and, and soy, then you're getting exposed to glyphosate. There is not wheat in this country that tests without glyphosate that is non-organic. So that's one of the first things you can do to reduce exposures is opt for more organic options, which, which can get expensive, but all those crops are contaminated. Now, now, why do we worry about glyphosate? There are so many problems. It's been linked to non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancers, other cancers, stomach cancers. It appears to disrupt our, our gut microbiome. So you hear a lot about the, the bacteria in our gut. You know, this, this is a killer. Glyphosate kills things. And so it also kind of kills the things in our gut. And it looks like it might specifically target, or at least the more beneficial bacteria are more susceptible to it. So that can lead to a lot of GI issues. It can impact hormone issues. It doesn't act like estrogen, but it it upregulates estrogen, meaning it'll make estrogen more prevalent, um, which can cause lots of problems for men and women. Um, It also affects our immune function, just a whole host of issues. I suspect, and I don't really have proof of this. This is me speculating, but the rise we've seen in gluten issues over the last 40 to 50 years, I think has more to do with glyphosate than anything. 
I think people are just so sensitive to glyphosate. We associate it with the wheat and the gluten, and they go off gluten and they feel better, but it might actually be that they're just reducing their exposure to this. Now, it's not just the wheat, corn, soy, oats, et cetera, that have it. A lot of our produce are also also sprayed with this, or at least, you know, they they it gets sprayed nearby and they get contaminated. So really make sure you're washing your fruits and vegetables, buying organic when possible as well. Glyphosate has actually been banned in, in many countries. Um, it's the, the IARC, which is a board that regulates some of these things, declared it a, a probable human carcinogen, meaning it probably causes cancer. They know that. We still use 300 million pounds of it a year in America. It's being phased out in Austria, Germany, the EU, Mexico is even starting to phase it out, but the U.S., we're, we're definitely the biggest user of it in the world. The next one I want to talk about is kind of along those lines. It's called atrazine. Atrazine is also an herbicide, um, mostly used on corn and soy, but it is also sprayed, you know, on lawns, golf courses, um, things like that as well. Now, this one, um, the the big worry about atrazine is the disruption to hormones. They have found that in fish, if they get exposed to atrazine, it'll make them infertile within like two generations. Same thing with frogs; it, it makes the male frogs more feminine. So it, it kind of does the same to us. In men, it really disrupts our testosterone levels because it um, acts as an estrogen. And, and when the, the body gets into estrogen-making mode, it's going to make estrogen rather than testosterone. So men in particular should look out for this, but women as well, we don't want too much estrogen. We want enough testosterone. It's also been associated with birth defects, some cancers, like, you know, similar story to glyphosate. Atrazine as well is banned in the EU for the past 20 years because it was getting into their groundwater. But in the U.S., we use 80 million pounds of it every single year. And it's in our water. It's in all these crops that we talked about. So really something we should look out for. The similar story, if we want to you know, avoid it, organic's the only way to go. If corn in particular, try to go organic if you're going to be using corn products. Soy as well. Soy is very contaminated with atrazine. Okay, so let's move move out of the herbicide pesticide world. And there are many other herbicides and pesticides that we should worry about, but those are the the two big ones. Now let's talk about plastics. You know, plastics. You you've heard of BPA. That's the most commonly known one. BPA also, like atrazine, affects our hormones. Is an estrogen upregulator. They're, they're called xenoestrogen. Xeno with an X is what they're labeled as. Um, now where, you know, where we're getting exposed to plastics is everywhere. You know, I'm sitting here at my desk, my keyboard is plastic, my mouse, you know, everything around me is plastic. So we can't really avoid it. The big thing we want to do to, to reduce our exposure to these plastics is at least in our food, we want to do the best we can. So, you know, don't be drinking out of something made from BPA. Don't be drinking out of plastic in general, if we can avoid it, because some of the other you know, they'll say BPA free, but then they have BPS or BPF or, you know, one of these others that are just as bad generally, or maybe even worse. So especially hot liquids, we don't want to be drinking out of plastic, you know, cold liquid, you won't have as much of a problem, but the the heat will leach plastics into the, you know, whatever you're drinking. So at the very least, if it's hot, don't have it in plastic. Same with like heating up food. If you're going to warm food in the microwave or something and you got it in a Tupperware, take it out of the Tupperware before you heat it up. Um, put it on a plate, whatever. You really don't want to be heating plastic. 
Okay. And then there's another, another plastic worry about called phthalates, phthalates with a P it's a PHTH, I think it might just be PTH, but you want to really avoid those. You'll start seeing more and more. These are more found in like lotions and shampoos and things like that. And it'll say often on the bottle, you know, a company is aware of this. It'll say phthalate free. So you want to look for those, you know, most of these have been banned in like kids products, you know, BPA is banned in children's products pretty much everywhere. But you know, if it's banned in kids products, we shouldn't be using it any either. You know, and phthalates are, are kind of more restricted. They're not really banned anywhere as far as I know. But yeah, the big thing with plastics is avoid heating them up. Don't eat out of plastic when you can avoid it. And just, yeah, look for things that, you know, silicone is a good one to drink out of. I use silicone straws or metal straws, and I, I use metal water bottles for all mine. So let's move on to metal. Now, you know, there are metals that are toxic. The heavy metals, you'll hear them called. And there's a bunch of them. We won't talk about all the specific ones, but lead, mercury, arsenic, cadmium, aluminum, you know, all these things that, that we hear about. Um, some of the sources, um, I'll, I'll give a few. So lead, you'll, you'll find it in like old paint, you know, lead, lead-based paint, which is no longer legal, but older houses will still have it at times. Plumbing, old plumbing can have lead in it. Mercury, that's we're mainly going to get from fish. Tuna is very contaminated with mercury. If you're eating a lot of tuna, you're getting exposed. Dental fillings, vaccines did used to have uh, thimerosal in them which um, had mercury as one of its components. It was used as a preservative. So yeah, dental fillings is a really common one. If you, if you had fillings when you were younger that, that are those you know silver-looking fillings, those often have mercury. So a lot of people elect to get those out. If you do look at getting those out, really got to find a dentist that knows what they're doing. It, it, it needs to be a whole procedure to make sure you don't get exposed while they're, while they're taking it out. Arsenic, uh, the big contamination there is water. Um, but also rice and peas. So that's where, you know, that's why I've talked with people about, I worry about pea protein. That's why. Um, Rice protein as well. If you're using a plant-based protein like that, they have to concentrate the peas a lot because there's not much protein in peas. So to get a decent amount of protein, you need a lot of peas. Well, if you're concentrating the protein, you're also concentrating the arsenic and the cadmium and the other things that might be in there. So you really got to look out for that. You know, if you're using a plant-based protein powder, I would say make sure it's one that is certified arsenic-free, cadmium-free, all that kind of stuff. And they should have that on their website. If they don't, I would assume that they're contaminated. I don't know of a, I don't know of very many plant-based proteins that test clean for arsenic. So that's just something to be aware of. And then cadmium is one we get from food, but also, you know, cigarette smoke has cadmium in it, you know, depending on the brand, but a lot of them do. So, and heavy metals can basically cause any health condition. The big thing to look out for is neurologic issues. Mercury really can impair neurologic development in kids. It also, you know, can be the cause of someone who's got like chronic fatigue or all of a sudden their health just gets terrible. Sometimes it's heavy metals and we really have to detox them and and detoxing metals takes a long, long time. You're not going to detox these with a weekend or even months. It takes years to get rid of these things. And the the hard part is we're constantly being exposed. We really got to look out for these. Some of them do cause increased risk of cancer. Lead can get into our bones um, and cause our bones to be weaker. Um, There's all sorts of things. You know, a lot of these are banned in 
you know, paint, gasoline, things like that. Mercury still can be used in, in dental fillings as far as I know. Arsenic has been banned in, in certain chemicals, but they're not banned in everything. You know, they let them use them in certain things. So you just got to look out for them. All right, next one is called volatile organic compounds or VOCs. So these are chemicals that, that evaporate quickly. They're found in a lot of like household products. You know, paints have them like that. That smell of paint is typically a VOC. The like new car smell, that's volatile organic compounds. Air fresheners often use these. So if you're using products, you know, like air fresheners or something like that, or, or you're, you know, cleaning products, you need to look to see if they're VOC free. Um, these can cause all sorts of issues, respiratory problem, headache, dizziness, memory impairment, um, and long-term exposure can really cause problems. That's why people that, you know, like work in salons, they get exposed to these a ton. Um, and they often will have the problems from that, especially with their lungs. So th these things are regulated mostly for air pollution, you know, and they kind of limit how much can be in like paint and stuff like that, but they don't really regulate it a ton. So it's just one to be look be on the uh, look for. Um, next one is called parabens. Now these ones are the ones you're gonna really find in like your cosmetics, makeups, lotions, things like that. Um, they're a preservative that they'll throw in there. Shampoos will have them. Shaving gel, makeup, moisturizer, some pharmaceuticals. Um, you know, some drugs will have it. So you really the thing is just look for paraben free. Um, this is getting more and more popular to to go paraben free. These companies are kind of becoming more aware that that that's what people want. They're not doing it because they care about about people's health necessarily. They're doing it because you know marketing. It, you know, people are looking for paraben free. They're more likely to choose that product. So these companies are starting to do it differently. It's not banned anywhere, um, as far as I know, but more and more it is just becoming made aware of, and eventually I think we'll start to see some regulations on it. Um, the health hazards with this are similar to some of the others we've talked about. The main thing is the endocrine disruption, you know, hormone disruption. It's been linked to reproductive issues, breast cancers, things like that. So it also kind of acts as estrogen and will throw off your hormones. Uh, let's talk about air pollution. You know, everyone kind of knows what air pollution looks like, but but what it really is is basically just small particles. Um, they call it particulate matter. That's one form of air pollution. There's also ozone. Um, you guys know I love ozone, but we don't want to be breathing it. Nitrogen dioxide, some of these other things that that we'll see in this air pollution. Now it comes from you know the industrial industry, car emissions, and uh, things like that. Now. Where I live, where we live here in Wyoming, we don't deal with this too much. Every once in a while, we will get a bit of an inversion with smoke um, in the in the summers, um, and, and it'll really affect people. Um, but some of these areas, if you live in a big city, you live somewhere that, you know, trapped between the mountains, like in Utah, they get these bad inversions with terrible air quality. You really got to look out for that. Use air filters, purifiers, things like that. When the air is really bad, Try to not be outside as much um, to try to limit um, the exposure. You know, they've, of course, been linked to many respiratory issues, heart issues, lung cancers, all that kind of stuff. The, the other one that I'm going to throw in this category um, would be radon. You know, it's not really an air pollution, but it's a gas that we need to be aware of. Radon is um, a gas that comes from uranium. So if you live in an area like I do where there's a lot of uranium in the soil, radon can be a big problem. 
So the nice part with radon, it's an easy test. You know, usually you'll put the test in your basement and you set it out for a few days. It costs like 10, 15 bucks. It's pretty cheap. And then you, you send it off to the lab and they'll let you know if you have radon. Radon's the second leading cause of lung cancer. But, you know, it takes years of radon exposure to do that. But a lot of people don't know that they have radon in their home. So it's worth getting checked um, if you live in an area where that's a concern. Okay, let's talk about food a little bit more. You know, I'm going to talk about the, the garbage they put in food, and, you know, the artificial food additives, preservatives, things like that. Now, I could make a whole two-hour episode about these chemicals. There's so many of them that they use anymore. We'll, we'll touch on a few, but it's basically all these synthetic substances they're adding to food. Now, some of them may not cause any health problems, but there's a lot that do. So our biggest exposures are, are any ultra-processed food anything with food coloring, soft drinks, you know, things like that. So the, I mean, the best way to reduce our exposure is to read the labels and and not use the products that, that use these type of chemicals. I often tell people if there's more than two or three ingredients on a food, it's not food. Um, it's mostly chemical, you know, synthetic chemical. And so, um, just be aware of that. So if you're reading, like I always use, I always use Daisy sour cream as an example and cottage cheese. Daisy is more expensive for a reason. When you look at the ingredients with Daisy sour cream, there's three ingredients. It's like cream, bacteria, salt. That's it. That's how you make sour cream. Whereas you look at some of these other labels, there's like 20 ingredients and yeah, it'll still have the dairy, bacteria, and salt, but then it's got all these other preservatives that don't need to be in there. So get get good at reading labels. If you don't, can't pronounce the, the word, it's probably a synthetic chemical. And even some, you know, some of the vitamins they put in there, they're synthetic. They're not necessarily the best for us either at times. So really be on the lookout for those. Food coloring is the one I really worry about, especially with kids. You know, red 40 is becoming more and more of a problem. People are becoming more aware that it causes issues, especially with ADHD. I hear that a lot with the ADHD kids I work with. Their parents will already know that red food dye gives them trouble. So really, like, look out for it. Yellow 5, yellow 6, some of these others. Really want to look out for food colorings. You know, if they're getting exposed every now and then, it's probably not going to cause a lot of trouble. But some kids are really sensitive to these. Um, so you really got to look out for that with your kids. Um, you know, I try to limit how much food color my kids get exposed to. Um, we really don't have much in the house that has it in it. You know, occasionally some will get in, you know, you said Halloween or some candy, I'm sure, but definitely look out for those. Um, the other one that really that I look out for is brominated vegetable oil. This one's just really not good for us. It accumulates in the body. Um, it replaces our good fat, causes thyroid issues. This one you'll mainly see in like soft drinks. Yeah. They put this oil in like citrus flavored drinks a lot and things like that to emulsify the, you know, the liquids. Um, so yeah, be on the lookout for that one too. Basically just eat clean whole food, try to avoid ultra processed food as much as possible. Um, now I'm going to throw, um, mold in, in a minute, but let me talk about, um, this other one first persistent organic pollutants. So these are chemicals that they, they basically get in the environment and they never, never leave. They're used in a lot of things. They get into our water, they get into our soil, and they're just there forever. Um, old building materials would have these. Um, th- and this is kind of a, a category in of, of itself. Some of these chemicals I already talked about would technically fall into this category. But this is just more to say, like, look, these chemicals are everywhere. So, like, even, like, fish 
are starting to accumulate these toxins. So like people, you know, I'm a big fisherman, love to go fishing. I almost never eat the fish I catch because our fish is just getting so toxic, which makes it hard because, you know, I want the fish oil. Fish is, is very healthy for us in a lot of ways, but I just don't trust the fish that I catch. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll buy some clean organic or, you know, ocean fish before I'll eat a, you know, a local trout usually. But we also, you know, farmed fish in particular, you want to look out for. These POPs, they can cause all sorts of problems, cancers, endocrine disruption, reproductive issues, nervous system problems, you know, you name it. And these are regulated, the, the, the more, you know, extreme ones. Um, they, they do get regulated, but like I said, they get in and they pretty much never come out. So, yeah, I know it sounds like a grim picture, but... There's, you know, we follow the things that we do to improve detox. We, you know, take, there's, there's supplements we can take to, to help bind these things up that can at least reduce the effects that they're having on us. Now, last one I want to, I'm going to talk about is mold. You know, mold doesn't really fit into this category, but I wanted to talk about it because it, it's similar. So everyone knows what mold is. It's a fungus, um, but molds put out mycotoxins is what we call them. Um, there's a toxic substance that these molds produce. Now, mold typically grows in damper areas, but it's also in food. Peanuts in particular often will test for um, forms of mold. And so you really got to look out for that on peanuts. Like most peanuts that you're going to eat are going to have mold unless they're certified organic. And even certified organic can have mold. They just tend to do a better job, seems like. But, you know, I don't, I, I try not to eat peanuts. I'll have peanut butter every once in a while, but... um yeah, just because of the mold issue. Most of us are living in a home that has some mold in it. Now, some people are more sensitive than others to mold. You know, you can have two kids living in the same bedroom and one of them's really struggling and the other is totally fine. And it's just because that kid's more sensitive to mold issues or maybe they've got something else going on in their system that that is, you know, weakening it so that the mold can be a bigger problem. So you really look out for mold in your home. There are home tests you can get or you can have done like the ERMI is kind of the the gold standards. There are companies that will come in and test your home. There's even getting to be companies where they'll like do it virtually. You kind of walk around with like your phone and they have you inspect certain areas and they just kind of watch it on the camera and they're, you know, they're experts in in what to look for. I'll, I'll shout out one company. I have no connection with this company. I just know he does a good job. His name is Ryan Blazer and it's B L A S E R. Um, if you're concerned about if you're concerned about mold, I would reach out to his company. Just just look him up on on Google. Um, but uh, he uh, he does a great job. And and if you have a bad mold issue, like yeah, it can get pretty expensive. But the health issues can be severe: respiratory issues, allergy issues, neurologic issues, you know, immune function problems. Some molds are cancer causing. So like the, sometimes people's root problem is that they're in a moldy home or a moldy office. So you really got to look out for that. Mold remediation isn't cheap, but sometimes it can be the difference between feeling well and feeling awful. So if you know you got a mold problem, you really got to look into getting that taken care of. There's, there's you know regulations on mycotoxins, but there's no regulations on mold in your home. So it's up to you to, to look out for it. One, one quick place to check would be um, under sinks, things like that. Look for mold there. Um, look in your toilet tank. Um, often if there's a big mold problem, 
it'll start to accumulate in that tank as well um, because it gets in the water and then it gets up in there. So you'll see like a moldy ring around the tank of your toilet um, on the inside. Not like that hard water ring that you'll see, but you know, it'll look either like black or maybe orange. Um, it'll just, it'll look like mold. You'll, you'll recognize it. So I hope that was helpful. Like I said, I know it's kind of a bleak picture with toxins. They're, they're everywhere. You know, babies are born with over 70 toxins already in their body. All of us have plastic in our urine every single day. So we can't avoid them completely, but I think we need to do the best we can to at least avoid the, the bigger ones, um, reduce our exposure, make sure we're getting on things to bind these chemicals up. Like I talked about in the last episode, I, I take a binder every day. I, I switch which one I'm taking, but I think it's something we, we can all benefit from would be to just constantly be helping our body bind up these chemicals, get them out, make sure our detox systems are working like they're supposed to. Um, appreciate you joining me. If you found value in this or, or any other episodes, please share them. Um, it helps the podcast grow and gets, gets the info out to more people. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Take Back Your Health with Dr. Richard Huntsman. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss the next episode. The information provided in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. The content presented here is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical question or before embarking on any new health program.